0: Hello and welcome to the Produce Retail Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Nickel, and I'm delighted to have with me a returning guest, Brian Newmainville. He's the principal of the Feedback Group, and his organization recently produced a report on online grocery shopping, and I was particularly interested in the section that really dove into quality issues and fresh items in online orders. Uh, I actually just visited recently with the produce executive who mentioned that a much larger percentage of online orders than we might think do include fresh produce. So I know we've all heard from the people who say, I do not want somebody else picking out my fresh fruits and vegetables, but there are a lot of other people who've decided, you know what? I, you know, trust these folks to put quality stuff out on the tables when I go visit in person. I'm going to give them a chance to pick out the right pieces for me in my online order. So, my thought is and Brian I'm guessing you'll probably agree with this there's a really good opportunity for grocers who do fresh well not only in store but also online and so I wanted to talk a little bit with you about sort of the the converse of that the things to avoid when when issues do happen with fresh and online orders so uh forgive me for the long introduction and welcome back to the podcast
1: Yeah hi Ashley thanks for having me back it's always fun to be on the podcast and I think we've got some good data to share and and some things to talk about. So um, I absolutely agree with you that, uh, you know, the pandemic kind of drove a lot of trial for people who maybe hadn't tried produce or meat or dairy uh, bakery online prior to this. Uh, But now that they've tried it, many people got hooked on it, right? Not everybody. But, um, you know, our research shows, for instance, getting right into it, that 57% of uh, shoppers purchased produce online and 56% purchase meat, 49% dairy and 48% bakery and even 47% deli meat and cheese. So right, it's really become a thing that, you know, nearly half of shoppers at least in our national research are saying, yeah, we we're buying this stuff online now and, and to your point, retailers that do a good job of it in store, you know, can also be uh, doing a good job of it online.
0: And I thought well one of the things that was interesting that you outlined Brian in the in the research was there was a comparison between sort of what folks' expectations were for different departments of the store and then what sort of the reality was when when they got their order. And so I was curious what stood out to you from that as far as what some of the gaps were, what some of the expectations were, all that.
1: Right. Well, you know, I mean, you take produce, for example. I said 57% of people purchased it online. And seventy-three percent were confident in the quality when they were ordering online among those people who bought that category, but forty-seven uh, percent of those indicating that something fell short of the highest quality standard mentioned produce. Mm-hmm. So that's not that's not a great track record, yeah. <laughs> you know, in terms of uh, of that. But you know, uh, meat was similar. Seventy-nine percent uh, said that they were confident about it when they bought it, but thirty-six percent said it fell short of the highest quality standard among those who said that an item fell short. So there's opportunities. The other two that were higher were dairy and bakery. Uh, both of those were in the 80% range for um, confidence, but in the 24%, 25% range for falling short of the highest quality standard. They mentioned those categories. So um, there are some opportunities there in terms of, you know, further strengthening people um, to live up to those, um, the confidence that they've, that they thought they were going to get when they ordered.
0: And what do we know about what some of those specific issues are by category?
1: Well, we didn't collect that in the survey, but we've done prior research that, um, you know, there's certainly issues that can result in lower scores, right? You think about produce, poor quality or freshness. You know, we talked about not being able to pick their own produce online. They might receive items that are overripe or underripe. And of course that can lead to a perception of poor quality. Uh, what about representations inaccurate representations of the product mm-hmm. so and we know from our research too that that was the lowest scoring item is you know being able to determine the quality or freshness of items online and it, that makes sense right i mean it's you yeah. can't touch it you can't see it you can, you have to look you have to look at the picture but if those pictures or descriptions don't accurately represent the product that's received customers might be disappointed mm-hmm. uh, substitutions right if a product's out of stock and the substituted item doesn't meet their needs or their quality expectations, once again, we're not happy. Um, and packaging issues is another one for produce. If they're not packaged right and they arrive damaged, squashed, or, or beat up, customers aren't going to be happy with that either. So there's a lot of things that lead into you know, those types of issues that customers would experience that would tell them it fell short.
0: And so I was thinking about Best practices in terms of how to avoid those issues, avoid disappointing shoppers, kind of taking those one by one. Let's let's brainstorm, you know, how how do we keep this from happening um in all those different areas? Because you mentioned quite a few. So there's there's a number of ways folks can go wrong (laughs) if they're not really intentional about it.
1: Right. Well, I mean, obviously, you know, let's take quality control, right? So ensuring that only the freshest produce is selected is key. Now that you know, that's going to mean that you need to do things like um, training that's comprehensive, not only, for, you know, ensuring your own employees, you know, are are trained correctly. Because um, we did find out in our survey, too, that store sa- staff scored the lowest in terms of making the experience better versus um, the Instacarts or the Ships um, or the Door Dashes of the world or even the delivery people if it's delivered. So there's definitely an opportunity for I called this, uh, when I spoke to the Minnesota Grocery Association last week, I called this ambassadors, right? The, the Right now, the Instacart, or DoorDash folks, for about half the people that are shopping online, that's, that's the ambassador to the customer. Now, they're going to blame the store if something's wrong, but they're going to look at the shopper as that gateway to the store. So um, the pr- people that are doing the picking, whether they're your employees or not, you're getting the credit or the blame. Yeah. So in both doing your own training well and enforcing standards with your vendor are going to be important pieces of quality control. Um, the whole thing we talked about with the accurate and detailed descriptions. So there it's, you know, it's not only using high quality imagery that matches what you're really doing. You can't just, you know, say I'm more friendly now if you're not, right? I mean, you have to be <laughs> able to, the proof is in the pudding. So, um, you know, you've got to be able to do that. and But also including details with your descriptions like size and ripeness and origin. Um, all of those things are going to be important to holistically give the shopper a view of what they're going to get, and then of course you got to deliver it, right? Like we just talked about with quality control, um, the substitution element—that's a whole other thing, right? Um, if you're if you're if an item's out of stock, what is your policy about that? What is it? Cl- is it a clear policy? Is it flexible? Um, can customers indicate their percept their preferences for substitutions? Because all of that's going to feed to a stronger, uh, you know, quality perception um, if you're giving them those options. And I think the last thing I'd point out on this one um, is the proper packaging. So are you using the right kind of packaging to avoid damage during transit? Or, again, kind of are people trained on that? Um, if you're doing delivery or if you're doing pickup, how are you storing those items? Are they in separate bags or compartments for delicate items? Um, all of those things are, are going to play an important part.
0: Absolutely. Well, and on the substitution, something I thought of, cause the the regional grocer that, that I'll do online shopping with here in the, the Kansas City area, I really like that they allow me to pick the substitutions ahead of time because sometimes things that might be intuitive to the online shopper or the person doing the picking might not be what the shopper is thinking, right? Because if I asked for the the bag of the pre-cut broccoli florets. Well, I was counting on just throwing that onto the pan and throwing it into the oven. I really don't want to cut up the head of broccoli, which might sound ridiculous, but those are the sorts of things I think that people, you know, have one expectation and they're like, mm, yes, technically this is the same item, but this is not what I was expecting. This isn't what I was counting on.
1: Right. Well, I mean, how many, you know, I've tried a lot of different online shopping, uh, you know, I, I have to, right. It's yeah. kind of part of what I do. So, um, you know, I've tried a lot of different um, stores and services and like the best experiences when it comes to that type of thing are those super engaged shoppers, right, that are going to reach out to you. They're going to send you a picture of it and ask, is this the right thing? Would you like something different? I mean, I had some outstanding shoppers in the past that have like just nailed it, like things were Mm -hmm. out of stock. They posed that question, sent me a photo or a video. I mean, it's like those extra things you can do. Um, that really make a difference.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think another thing you mentioned, you know, getting something overripe or underripe, that's another thing that it's really helpful. Um, I know sometimes you'll get a a field that says notes, right? Notes for your shop or where you can describe the ripeness or things like that that you want or kind of tell people what to look for. But I mean, we kind of know what the items are, where ripeness is a factor. That would be something that you know, I don't know how easy it would be to build in, but certainly could be built in for bananas, avocados, mangoes, stone fruit, all those different things. And so that seems like an opportunity too, perhaps.
1: Right. I mean, and, and I think I've seen that on some of them where it's like, do you want green bananas or ripe bananas? I mean, it's kind of like, yeah, maybe there's a way to make that a little more intuitive, um, for the shopper by telling them, you know, what level of ripeness you want, or, you know, uh, the level of, um, Quality that you're looking for in terms of size, those types of things. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, and packaging was an interesting one too because, oh, I remember where my mind was going on this was as far as how things are even stored. So maybe if they're being shopped earlier in the day for something that's later, well, there maybe part of the order should be refrigerated and part of it, especially with produce really shouldn't like uh, those avocados really shouldn't be refrigerated after they've been out on the floor. Same thing with mangoes or, you know, things like that. Bananas usually stay out of it. Usually the bananas don't come cold, but <laughs> you know, those are things too, just in sort of the the procedures, like you said, training, not only your personnel, but the personnel who are coming in as the third party. Um, Cause like you said, the the reputation is all on the retailer pretty much, no matter who all's involved. <laughs>
1: Right, I mean that. Yeah, like I said, I mean they're your they're the ambassador for the store, and if they're not doing a good job for you, you got to look at the service you're using because you know in the end you're you're going to take the credit or the blame. Yeah. So I think that it's super important to make sure that you're you know if you're doing your own if you have your own program that you're training your own people really well, and if you're using an outside party like a DoorDash or a Shipt or or a um, Instacart that you've got a good clear understanding of their training and what what they're doing to ensure that. You're being represented well.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the other thing that I wanted to to ask you, Brian, is what have you seen as far as ways that grocers can sort of recover from some of these mistakes? So whether that's the person on the phone or whether there's a way in the app to indicate, hey, this this is this didn't meet my expectations. Well, what have you seen on that front?
1: Well, I think you know, like when you think about the the quality, let's say there was a quality issue. I mean, what's your what's your standard policy on that? Is it replacing an item free of charge, offering a refund? Um, of course, if you if you have a lot of issues with that, you got to look at your training to recover from that in a bigger way. Mm-hmm. But but for the shopper, you know, can you offer them a, you know some type of, of replacement or a refund? Um, you know, if they delivered the wrong items or they didn't like the substitutions, how do you correct that? You know, look at your policy. Is your policy what you want it to be? Is it cu- customer friendly? is there an issue with your inventory system or with the way that you're taking orders in so that you're, you know, not maybe not capturing everything like we were just talking about maybe there needs to be some enhancements so you can make sure that you're getting the right items for shoppers to reduce the problems um you know the packaging thing we t- you know we talked a little about that i mean i think the way you have to recover from that is really uh, you know try to be proactive and assess before you have an issue what your packaging is i mean have you ever gone to a store and like you go to the salad bar and you get a salad and it's in some ridiculous container that doesn't stay shut. I mean, I, I'm not going to name names, but I've experienced that if some retailers and it's like, take a look at this. I mean, shop your store and get a salad, right? And and experience what the shopper's going through. Uh, you know, when with you know, if they have to use six rubber bands to hold the top down, it's probably not a good investment. In the, in the item that you're using to store the salad, right? You know, yeah. same thing with rotisserie chickens, another one that gets me, you know, when the, the clamshell thing doesn't stay on, and then you've got people putting eight rubber bands on, sorry, but this is a whole, this will hold it together. Maybe you need to find a different supplier, right? So, I mean, I think looking at those kinds of things, um, and then, you know, you've got the whole website information piece, um, you know, making sure that you're um you know there that's not really a recovery thing but that's more of a making sure that you're doing it right to begin with again you know making sure that the descriptions are accurate the sizes the pictures are quality and they match what you're really doing.
0: Yeah that makes sense. I think it seems to me like the item description is sometimes an underrated part of the equation I remember getting ordering tomatoes on the vine and thinking i was getting the little cherry tomatoes on the vine no they were like the full size tomatoes on the vine (laughs) i thought oh well i will have to look up some way to use these because this won't fit kind of the usage occasion that i was planning on right like (laughs) right and less of a big deal if it's just me but you know if if I've got older kids and I'm trying to make dinner for everybody, like, wow, that throws a wrench into things a little bit.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a great example of like, you know, not having the kind of descriptions that you need to have uh, of what shoppers are going to get, because there's nothing worse than (laughs) getting an unexpected item that isn't what you wanted when you're planning to make something with it, like in the next 10 minutes. Right.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too. I think, ah, i i do i think a you know great investment for grocers who have the website and have the app which we know is a lot more people right now than three years ago i mean getting as much information as you can from the shopper up front about what they really want like asking for those substitutions and getting as much of that ahead of time as possible i think has got to be so helpful and then like you mentioned having the, the personal shoppers, giving them the opportunity to text and ask questions and say, you know, is this okay? This is what we've got. You know, we're out of this, but we have this. How about that? I mean, trying to get as head as much of that off at the pass as possible goes a long, long, long way.
1: Yeah. And I think that, you know, and customers appreciate that. I mean, it, to the extent that you can be, you know, some people don't want to be bothered, of course, but uh, many people would rather, you know, okay, you, nope, that's not what I wanted. I wanted this instead. Can you get that for me? Versus I got the wrong thing and being upset now and I have to, you know, call somebody and waste time returning or, or you know, or getting it refunded or whatever. Um, but so yeah, uh, you know, kind of a little bit of work ahead of time will save a lot of headache later, I think. I
0: feel like in life. As a as a good rule, managing expectations is very very valuable.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly, and and you know, I mean, the thing is too, looking at your market, right? Because every market's different. If you're in a more urban area, you know, maybe you have more delivery going on, so you got to pay more attention to those delivery elements that we t- you know talked about. And if you're in more of a rural market, you're probably going to be doing more pickup. So then you're you know the things you need to consider. I mean, obviously, you'll be able to look at your order base. And if you don't offer delivery, you know what the answer is. But if you're doing both, taking a look at that and understanding what the mix is and then what things you have to think about um, on the on the delivery or pickup side of it with with the right storage and all that stuff and, the, you know, cool chain management and all that stuff.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I I can't even imagine all the, uh, the T's that need to be crossed and the I's that need to be dotted as you're trying to get frozen stuff, say for somebody who's further away. I mean, you know, and then you got food safety tied to that and all kinds
1: of things. Absolutely. And, you know, I think one of the things too, you meant you, I think you had asked me um, when we were talking about this previously was, you know, what is deli and prepared and seafood doing? Cause their marks were a little bit better. Yeah. Um. And, you know, I mean, I think some of this, they're doing some of the things that maybe we could go deeper on in the produce area and meat and meet in some of the other areas, you know, like customization. We were just talking about, could you get a better l- fix on the ripeness? Well, you know, if you're ordering deli items, a lot of time, you know, what slice thickness do you want? Is that for sandwiches? Is that for something else? The, you know, the quantity that you want, the type of meat or cheese. That, you know, so deli seems to be a lot more specific than maybe we've been in produce. So I think that might be one thing that would help to lead to higher quality ratings if you kind of were, again, digging into a little bit more of what a shoppers want with produce or with with other items. Um, and I think that, you know, again, the, the I think the delis have long done a good job with quality control and packaging and delivery, despite my comments about the rotisserie chicken and the salad. <laughs> um, you know, they know how to do cases. They know how to store stuff. They know how to present stuff, right. That's, that's a big part of what they do. So I think, and, and, you know, that can be another learning um, and they have a lot of variety just like produce does. So it's not like they're doing things that are, you know, totally different. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like transferring some of those same things over to, um, you know, because it's selling deli items. I mean, when you're looking at an ad, you got to also kind of imagine what you're getting, right? Mm-hmm. So how do we kind of make that a whole store thing?
0: That makes sense. Something else that occurred to me, and I don't know, I guess this would go into the line of freshness, but occasionally I've gotten items. Oh, I think milk was the most recent one where the day that I ordered it, it it's like a two gallon thing of milk. And the date on there was like a day or two out. And I'm thinking, come on, like, you've got to be kidding me here. And so even really simple things like that, right. It's like shop, like you're shopping for yourself. You don't want the thing that's got one more date day on it, you know, like.
1: (laughs) Right. I think that goes back to training yeah. Right, I mean to make sure you t- you know look for a further out date first. I mean it's it's kind of a you know it's a domino effect, right? The store first of all should be you know managing their dates right. Yeah. Uh, but you can't assume that that's always going to happen. Mistakes happen, mm-hmm. um, and so then it's up to the shopper to then look at it and go, okay, if today's the eighth, do I want something that says the eighth or the ninth? Maybe not, <laughs> you know, especially yes. if it's like milk, right? Where I'm going to, they're not. I'm probably not going to drink the whole thing today. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I think that, yeah, I mean, it's, It it's, again, it goes back to training. It goes back to, you know, wanting to ensure freshness. Um, and, and, you know, there's multiple places that that can break down, yeah. but it's important to kind of be on top of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, Brian, what else stood out to you in, in some, in sort of this area of the research or, or related things that, that come to your mind as we talk about this?
1: Well, I mean, I think there's, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give you a couple of teasers on some uh, research that's going to be coming out shortly. Um, one thing I would mention is that private label pricing um, has definitely taken on even more importance and, mm-hmm. and shoppers are giving it credit for being um, better versus national brands. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing I think I would point out that's kind of new. Quality stayed the same um, compared to last year. And the other thing I would throw out is, you know, we, we, we're still hearing a lot about inflation. And I think that um, in our study, what we did is we compared what we call inflation coping strategies year over year. So different things that people might do, like buy more items in bulk, or buy less healthful items because they're less expensive, or use you know coupons to to say or go to short you know stores to save money. All of those inflation measures, with the exception of um, eating more at home than eating out, which stayed the same at about I think it was about forty six percent but uh, virtually every other method um, out there for inflation coping strategies went up year over year. So shoppers, the other one that didn't was shoppers are kind of identified where they know they'll go to save money. So there's a little less, you know, running around from store to store, but they're still comparing items across multiple stores. So all of these inflation measures uh, that we're looking at are still way up there and, and up over last year. So I think that's important to keep in mind um, as you think about your shoppers. Um, and also, along with that, we asked about how good stores were doing at helping shoppers cope with inflation. Um, and unfortunately, that was like, almost the bottom. Oof. So, you know, I'll put that out there now, because it's timely, um, that I think, you know, everybody should be, uh, you know, I know, I know everybody is, but I mean, shoppers are still very focused on this. So to the extent that you can, you know, listen to their feedback, that you can do the right thing in terms of, making sure they get the products they want and help them with their their inflation pressures. That's going to be appreciated by your shoppers.
0: I appreciate you pointing that out because I do think it's something where when the national numbers kind of wane and everything, maybe on the business side, it feels like, oh, okay, we're we're getting closer to where we were before. This is sort of normalizing. But for everybody else, it's like, Shoot, we're eight months into the year and this has been a tough year. We're like, we we need to start saving for Christmas. We need to, you know, still keep the keep the purse strings tight, so to speak.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, and this and this is fresh data, so to speak. It can you know, this is just from June. So we're not talking about data that's you know from the from January. We're talking about shoppers and what they're saying today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think there's still those pressures out there, and and uh it's it, you know, up to all of us to try to figure out how we can help shoppers.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Brian, for taking the time today. I'll give you one more. Anything I'm missing or anything else you want to add before we wrap it up for today?
1: No, I think uh, I just thank you for having me on and uh, I'm glad to share this information. If anybody, any of the listeners uh, want to get the uh, fuller report from us, they can certainly reach out to me at the feedback group and uh, go to our website. There's a place to request that, or they can email me if uh, if they so choose.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you again, Brian. We'll thank our listeners as well. I will also ask our listeners, if you're learning from or otherwise enjoying the podcast, please do rate and review. That helps me keep it rolling. Keep bringing wonderful folks in like Brian to provide all sorts of awesome insight and perspective on this industry that we all enjoy so much. So thank you all again, and we'll see you next week on the Produce Retail Podcast.